Welcome to the Magnify Your Miracles podcast. Get ready to be inspired, uplifted, and connected to the miraculous energy of unconditional love that I call Mother Mary. If you're a highly sensitive, highly creative entrepreneur or light worker, and you want to magnify your impact and your intuition, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Reverend Francis Faden, interfaith minister, intuitive coach, and author of Meditation is Friendship with God. I can't wait to share miraculous stories, books, meditations, messages, and interviews with other miraculous lightworkers just like you. Are you ready to magnify your miracles? What are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hello, my miraculous friend, and welcome to another episode of the Magnify Your Miracles podcast. This is Reverend Francis Faden, and I am so grateful that we get to spend this time together helping you to magnify your miracles. Today, we're going to be doing part two of our four-part series on manifesting. It's such a hot topic for so many people, and there's so much confusion about it. But today, we're going to be continuing on what we talked about last week and going a little bit deeper into the belief. I believe there is one core belief that will help all of your manifesting ability. And we're going to go take a deep dive in that and how you, as a highly sensitive person, as somebody who's here to do big things on the planet, are actually at an advantage when it comes to manifesting. But before we get into all that, let's take a deep breath together. Just get ourselves grounded and centered, breathing in the energy of the expansion, breathing out anything you no longer need. If you are driving, please keep your eyes on the road, but you can always bring your awareness to your breath. And as we let our body, mind, and spirit come into this moment, start to feel that peace, that beautiful divine presence supporting us and guiding us. Knowing that whatever you need to hear today to help you move forward on your, on your path, to help you magnify your miracles, is exactly what you're going to hear. So let's take one more deep breath together in gratitude, and we can begin. All right, my friend. Well, welcome once again. And I love this topic of manifesting. And thank you so much for all of you who posted your comments about your thoughts about manifesting, about what's worked for you and what you've noticed. And this whole theme that I've been talking about, about the vibration of divine love and how that is the highest frequency. And the more we can put ourselves into that vibration, whether we can generate that within ourselves or we actually physically put ourselves in that energy, that could be going to a sacred place, that could be being out in nature, that could be doing one of my divine love activations, it could be whatever works for you, that helps us to keep our energy in that really high state and helps us to then become even more magnetic and manifesting starts to become easy, but also really fun. We, have, we get to have some fun with our, our dance with the universe. So I want to talk a little bit today. I'm going to go a little bit deeper into one of the beliefs that I think has been most helpful. It's been really helpful for me. I'm going to give you some real live examples of how I work with this so that you know it's not just like uh, a mental process, although there is a mental process to it. It actually has some really tangible results to it when you really get into the feeling. 
And that's the most important thing. Next week, I'm going to be sharing a book with you that I think is going to be really helpful. But for this week, we talked about how, um, last week we talked about how the reason I use the word magnify is because everything is already here as opposed to manifesting, which is something's not here and I need to make it happen. Magnifying is expanding our awareness until we can see that everything is right here, whatever that solution or that thing might be. So I'd like you to think for a moment, if you think about your life, if you think about manifesting, um, think of your life as a garden. That's a really good analogy, I think. So if you think of your life as a garden, and I'm just going to ask you right now to just imagine a vegetable garden, if you will. And here it is. It's in your backyard or it's wherever you have a little bit of land where you can plant some things. And so you're looking at your life as a garden and in your garden, you might have some flowers, you might have some vegetables, you might have some weeds, you might have, you know, who knows what that's that's in that garden. And some of you might have very neat and orderly kinds of things. Some of you, you know, might look like a, a kind of a wild landscape, whatever. There's no judgment about it. This is just what's appearing, right? And so everything that's in that garden comes from what's underneath that soil, has to. So if I were to come into your garden and I'm looking at your garden and I see that you have tomatoes and zucchini and sunflowers, then I would look at your garden and be like, oh, I guess she's planted tomato seeds. But what we tend to do with ourselves is we look at the garden of our lives and we're like, where are my roses? Why do I have tomatoes? Where are my roses? And we just get really upset. And we're just like, we're kind of baffled. We're like, as if tomatoes just happened to us. As if zucchini just appeared on its own. And a lot of us, myself included, have gone through periods in our life where we feel that way. We feel like life is happening to us rather than through us. And I always say life is happening through you. It's not happening at you. It's happening through you. And you can take in another step and say life is happening for you, whatever it is that's going on, even if it doesn't look like it is. And we'll get to that in just a second. So when you take a look at your life, what most of us do is we look at the results that we have and we focus on those and we're really trying to change it. So here we have this beautiful tomato plant and we're just like, but I don't like tomatoes. I don't want tomatoes. I wanted roses. And so what do we do? We try to do something with the results that we have. Maybe we go out and we paint those tomatoes to make them look like roses. And then we, we do all these affirmations saying, my tomatoes are roses, my tomatoes are roses. And we can even cut them in a shape to make you know, your little tomatoes look like roses. If you're really good at uh, doing that kind of thing, you can make vegetables look like they're flowers. Absolutely. But will it actually be a rose? No, it will not. It will never be. Why? Because it's not a, a rose seed. You didn't plant roses. You planted something that got you tomatoes. Now, you might be saying to me, well, Reverend Princess, I like tomatoes. Great. But what if what you have is a bunch of weeds? What if you have a bunch of thorny weeds that are choking your tomato plant? What if you have a bunch of stuff that's growing out and 
you know, ivy or whatever it might be. I mean, every plant has a use, but we're talking obviously as an analogy here, what if your garden is overgrown with things that you don't even recognize and they're choking all of your vegetables? Well, that's what it's like when we have a belief that is not supporting you. And there's a whole science people do around discovering what your subconscious beliefs are. You can do hypnosis and all kinds of things. And my philosophy is really simple. You know me, my philosophy is really simple, which is, you know what's in your subconscious mind when you look at the results that are in your life. If you're not happy with your results, that means you planted something that maybe you want to change. So there's no way for you to have a tomato in your garden if you didn't plant a tomato seed. There's no way that you can have, and I'm going to obviously use different words now, there's no way for you to have lack in your finances or difficult relationships or whatever else might be showing up as a manifestation, as a result in the garden of your life without there being a corresponding seed that was planted. Now, you didn't have to plant that seed. It's not like you walked through the store and said, I think I'm going to pick challenging relationships and I'm going to plant that in the garden of my life. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is from the time that you were born until the time you're about seven or eight years old, your mind is wide open. And whatever you were told or shown or observed or experienced, went right into your subconscious mind. And that's how those seeds get planted. They get planted by things that we're told, things that we witnessed, things that we experienced, things that we absorbed. And so if you're walking along and you're just a kid and you're witnessing your parents fighting all the time, arguing all the time, or you're, you know, or you're witnessing family members not having enough money, or you're hearing from, you know, your teachers or your church or whatever that you have to work hard or what, whatever it might be. These are all things that are going in right into your subconscious mind. Because when you're a kid, you're just wide open. You're just wide open. Kids don't have the ability. It's part of what makes them so magical is they don't have the ability to discern between what's possible and what's not possible. That's why they talk to angels and they can still see them because their reasoning faculty hasn't started to develop yet. And so if you've had children or if you remember when you're a child, somewhere around seven or eight, you start putting two and two together. So you know when you're little and they take you to see Santa, you're like, wow, you know, you're just in the magic of all of it. And then when you start to learn a little math later and you're like, how big is Santa's sleigh and how many people are in the world? You know, kids start to develop that logic, right? And that's when things start to shift and your conscious mind starts to become more dominant and your conscious mind then is the gatekeeper and decides what's going to go into the garden, which is your subconscious mind. But how do we know what's there? We know by what's growing. And so if you came into the garden of my life and you saw sunflowers growing and you saw tulips growing and you saw roses growing, you would know that that's what's underneath the soil, right? Simple. So how can you use this to help you with manifesting? Now, you can go weed by weed, belief by belief. You can do that. 
And I'm not going to tell you not to. And there can be a lot of power in that. But it does, believe me, I've been on this path a long time. It takes a lot of energy. And it seems like playing that that uh, carnival game, whack-a-mole, or like, you know, you hit one and then another one pops up. It's like you handle this belief and then this belief pops up. So I'm going to share with you the one belief, the one belief that I think is the most important belief that if you really went deep and you planted this belief in your mind, in your subconscious mind, you really accepted it as true. You watered it every day. You gave it some good plant food through repetition and evidence. And you really took good care of this one belief. Everything would start to change for you. And you would start to see yourself manifesting in a really easy and fun way. Are you ready to know what this belief is? Life loves me. Life loves me. I want you to say that right now. Life loves me. Now, there's a book that Louise Hay wrote uh, called Life Loves Me. This was one of her big affirmations. Louise Hay, who wrote the book, You Can Heal Your Life. But I'm, I've been, I've read the book before and I've been rereading it. And I realized for me, like, if you really, really, really believe that life loves you and you plant that seed in your garden, then everything that's going to come from that plant, everything that's going to sprout from that belief is going to be lovely. It's going to support you. It's going to make you feel good about what you're doing. And it's going to be, it's like even Albert Einstein said, I actually, I found this quote. I was going to read it to you. Even Albert Einstein said this. He said, I think the most important question facing humanity is, is the universe a friendly place? It's the most basic question that all people must answer for themselves. And he goes on to say, if we decide that the universe is not a friendly place, we're going to focus on safety and protecting ourselves against it because we're always going to feel like, oh no, what's going to happen? But if we decide that, no, I think the universe is friendly. I think it's on my side. I think it's supporting me. Then we're going to learn how to cooperate with it and we're going to feel supported and we're not going to need to emphasize feeling safe, 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 safe all the time. And he's talking about us as a culture. Obviously, this was back during when... Um, you know, World War II was going on and the atomic bomb was developed and all of that. And I think this was a really profound insight that he had. If you really believed right now that life loved you, what would that be like? What do you think would change for you if you didn't just think it, but you knew it? You knew it. You had no doubt in your mind whatsoever. So I'm going to give you an example I'm going to tell you two stories. One story is a story about Paramahansa and Yogananda that I love sharing this story. And the second story is something that just happened to me last week. That's an example of how to live this belief. So Paramahansa Yogananda, who wrote the book, Autobiography of a Yogi, which I love, and I highly recommend that book. He had such a beautiful relationship with the divine. He had such a beautiful relationship with life. Didn't mean that he didn't have challenges because he definitely had challenges being somebody who was born in India and living in the United States in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s when uh, people didn't know what to make of him with his long hair and his uh, brown skin and 
they just couldn't, they were like, who is this Jesus? Like they, some half the time they called him a woman. I mean, he had a lot of challenges, but he also triumphed and was able to be very, very successful in establishing the beautiful work that he established here on the planet to help all of us awaken through yoga and those principles. He referred to God as divine mother. Now, if you read his books, he'll also say heavenly father, but for those who are in his inner circle, he always would be having a dialogue and saying divine mother. He felt like God was this beautiful presence that loved him and took care of him and that his needs were always met. And you know what? They always were because that's what he had planted in his mind. He planted that in his garden. And so he manifested the energy of always being loved and always being taken care of. Not that he was not taking action. He was, but there was this other feeling at the same time. So this is my one of my favorite stories. He was in Encinitas doing Sunday service. He was driving, this is in California, and he was driving back to the headquarters in Los Angeles. And he used to stop at this kind of roadside bakery and he would get these shortbread cookies and he'd stop on every Sunday to have the driver stop and he'd get this, you know, box of shortbread cookies and he'd bring them back for the disciples that were in Los Angeles. And everybody loved these shortbread cookies and they were his favorite cookies. So he's like, okay, they were driving back and he's looking forward to these cookies. And he's so excited to go get this, you know, beautiful little box of shortbread. And he go, he stops, goes into the bakery and it's like five o'clock on Sunday. And they say, oh, I'm sorry, sir. We're all sold out of the shortbread cookies. No more shortbread cookies today. <laughs> so Yogananda goes outside the bakery, looks up to the sky and says, Divine Mother, why? <laughs> I love that. Divine Mother, why? He's like, why are my cookies not here? You know, I wanted these cookies. You know, I made a special stop. You know, I'm going to share these cookies with everybody in, in Los Angeles. Like, why are my cookies not here? I love that image of him just like looking up to the sky being like, why? Two minutes later, somebody runs out and says, oh, sir, 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 hang on. We had one more box of cookies that we didn't see. And uh, you can have the last box of cookies, which of course he took and took them back to uh, L.A., and I love that story because he didn't get upset. He didn't go into despair. He didn't start questioning himself like, oh, did I misinterpret my intuition? Is it wrong for me to want shortbread cookies? Is that too materialistic? Or the one I hear everybody say is like, is that my ego? He didn't do any of that. He just was like, I love these cookies. Divine mother, why are they not here? And then boom, there's cookies where there weren't cookies before. And he got his cookies. So it might seem like a silly kind of an example, but I love that story because it really exemplifies the rock solid belief that life loves me. Life loves me. If life loves me, then things are always working out for me, even when it seems like they're not. So I've been working on this. I've been adopting this belief. So at the beginning of the year, rather than making a big list of like resolutions, of course, I made some goals and things like that. But what I started saying was, okay, let me use my own analogy of a garden and ask myself, if I'm wanting tomatoes, what do I need to plant? Rather than focusing on tomatoes, 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 I'm visualizing tomatoes, I'm seeing tomatoes, I'm going to have tomatoes. Instead of doing that, which is perfectly fine, I said, what's the belief that I need to adopt 
that's going to get me that result? What's the belief that I really need to start owning that will produce the kind of result that I want to have in my garden? So what would that tomato belief be that I would plant that? So for you, if you're wanting to have harmonious relationships, what is the belief that will produce that? Maybe that I'm lovable. Maybe that um, life loves me. Maybe that um, relationships are easy. You know, maybe that I matter. I'm important. Who knows? There's lots of different ones you can do. And I encourage you to come up with ones that work for you. But this is the one. Life, If life loves you, then all your relationships are going to be harmonious. If life loves you, you're going to have more than enough money. You don't necessarily have to keep playing whack-a-mole because life loves you. So this is something that actually happened to me last week. This is a, this is a story that's in real time. So I've been adopting this belief. I've been like, all right, life loves me. Let me, let me really embody that. Let me approach every day from this perspective of, you know, divine mother has my back. Life loves me. Things work out. And one of the things I like to do is I like to do my gratitude practice. I'll write down my gratitudes in the morning. And this is something that I learned from Rhonda Byrne from the book, The Magic, which I love and I recommend the book, The Magic. It's all about the power of gratitude. And one of the things that she recommends doing is that if you're going to have an important meeting or you have something coming up that you say thank you in advance for the magnificent outcome of whatever it might be. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the magnificent outcome of. I did this years ago when I very first read the book, when we had gotten a tax bill and it was like a really high tax bill and I couldn't figure out why it was so high. It was like $3,000. And I was like, I don't think, you know, how did, how did this happen? We had paid everything. I couldn't figure it out. And I did this process. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the magnificent outcome of this tax situation. And within 24 hours, my accountant called me and said, oops, I made a mistake. I added something where I should have minus something. You guys are actually going to be getting $800 as a refund. I was like, thank you for that magnificent outcome. So this particular thing, thank you for the magnificent outcome, can really help you with manifesting. You start saying thank you now. So this is what I did. In the morning, I was just doing my, my regular process of gratitude, and somebody had signed up for a miracle meeting. And I was like, great, someone's going to sign up. I'm going to have a chance to talk to this person. It's great. Maybe there'll be a new client. I love meeting people. So I'm writing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the magnificent outcome of this miracle meeting with so-and-so, blah, 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 whatever it was. And I could really feel it. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. So four o'clock comes. Person didn't show up. I sent him an email, sent him a text, send them the link in case they forgot nothing. So I usually wait 10 or 15 minutes. And if somebody doesn't show up, then that's that. So I got, got off, you know, got off a of zoom and I was like, huh, I asked for a magnificent outcome. And I, I literally looked up at the sky and said, I wonder what my magnificent outcome is going to be since this person didn't show up. And then I took, took my phone off of uh, airplane mode. Cause I always put everything on, you know, silence whenever I'm with my clients or because I don't want people binging me when I'm recording or when I'm with clients. So I took it off of airplane mode and boom, when I was on Zoom waiting for this person who didn't show up, 
one of my clients contacted me and said, hey, I have this great idea of something that you can do. We can collaborate on this thing. Are you interested? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm interested. That sounds like even more fun. And then I was like, thank you for the magnificent outcome of this miracle meeting. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but I kept looking for the miracle. It's like, where's the miracle? Where's the magnificent outcome? Just like Yogananda did like, hey, where's the shortbread? Where is it? It's got to be here. The miracle's already here. So if you can start to do that with yourself when you're looking at manifesting, see, this is why when we're in the energy of love, you're in that vibration of love. You're like, okay, divine mother, where are my cookies? You know, I, I drove, I, I did all the things that I could do. Here I am. Where are the cookies? But you're in a state of love. You're not dropping into, oh no, you're not dropping into fear. You're not dropping into worry. You're not dropping into all that. You're in that energy of, wait a minute. I know, I know this energy. I know the universe. Life loves me. Life loves me. And the reason I love this belief so much is that it's not God loves me, which is nothing wrong with that belief. But, you know, sometimes that comes with some baggage and people have a hard time even conceptualizing. But when you think about life, the energy of life itself, wanting to express through you even more, and it's a loving energy, it provides the air for you. Life provides the food for you. Life is giving you sunshine when you need it. It's giving us rain when we need it. Like life loves us. And it's rooting for us and wanting to partner with us and support us. And I think because so many of us have a hard time receiving, our manifestation process gets a little wacky, right? So I'm really encouraging you. What would it be like for you if you adopted this belief? Life loves me. Life loves me. And when things don't go exactly to plan, as you know, as far as our plan goes, what would it be like for you to say, huh, what'd you have in mind, God? What'd you have in mind, life? I know you love me. There's got to be something even better than what I was expecting. And that is how you keep your garden filled with the things that make you happy. So as I said, you're welcome to go in and chop down all your weeds and there's nothing wrong with that. I actually think it's, it can be very helpful to know what your weeds are, but you can also just saturate your garden, like just plant a thousand life loves me seeds, just a thousand life loves me seeds and let start to come what wants to come because then you'll have life experiences like Louise Hay, where everywhere she went, people loved her. Things worked out for her. She left this planet in such a peaceful way. She didn't die some like horrible, painful death. She left peacefully, kind of on her own terms when she was 90. Her body was healthy. Her mind was clear. And everybody loved her. Everybody that met her was like, oh my God, I love her. She's, she's just, just so lovable because she really believed it. She really believed it. And she would look in the mirror every day and she would tell herself, that she loved herself and she would affirm that life loved her and that she's always supported. So that's my suggestion for you. What if you planted a thousand seeds called life loves me? Plant one in your finances, 
Plant one in your relationships. Plant one for every one of your chakras. Your career, your money, your health, your creativity, your spiritual connection, your ability to make a difference in the world. All of it. One belief. Life loves me. And just saying that, your shoulders go down. Tension starts to leave your body. Why? Because you're in the vibration of love. You're in the energy of trust. You know, like you know, like you know, life has my back. I'm good. I'm good. So experiment with that. See what it's like. See how that might help you with your manifesting, making it easier, making it fun. When you start to kind of look at the sky and say, where are my cookies? You know, not in a petulant way, not in a demanding way, but in a, in a way of like, I know you love me. I know you want to give me these cookies. I know you do. What happened? <laughs> Just show me. And then maybe you'll get a message like I did that's an even better opportunity than the one that you thought you were going to have. And you go, oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Life does love me. Life loves me. Life is not about suffering. It's not about self-sacrifice. It really is about these vibrations. We can make it be about those things, but I'm encouraging you, my friend. What if you made your life about love? And I don't mean love in an airy-fairy way. I mean the love that is all that is. It's the energy that's holding the universe together. It's what's keeping the planet spinning. It's everything. Everything comes from that vibration. I believe we all come from the field of unconditional love. We're all going to go back to the field of unconditional love. And while we're here, we're meant to be experiencing, embodying, and expressing unconditional love. That's it. Easier said than done. Absolutely. But still, Pretty straightforward, pretty straightforward. So the next time you take a look at your life, I want you to look and see what's in your garden. What are the results that you see? And how can you start planning that, that energy of life loves me? Mother Mary's telling me to tell you now, not only does life love you act as the beautiful seeds that are underneath, but it acts as an, a beautiful divine pesticide where those weeds just start to fall away. You don't have to worry about going out and pulling them out because there's just no room for them when all this lush vegetation starts to grow in your life. There's just no room. It's not a vibrational match anymore. Weeds will be gone. I love that idea. All right, my friends. So thank you so much for listening today. If you found this helpful, it would be so great if you shared it with somebody that you know. If you want to join me, in the Divine Love Activation Series that I'm going to be doing, you can go to francisfaden.com forward slash activation and find out about how you can be immersed in this energy, this Divine Love Vibration with Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, the Archangels, the Davis of the Crystals, all these beautiful beings that just want to love you and to help you experience yourself as a being of divine love. francisfaden.com forward slash activation. Share this with your friends, your family, anybody that you know who might benefit from it. I so appreciate that. And if you could leave me a review, that would be even better. It's so helpful. And always remember that the key to magnifying your miracles is knowing. Life loves me and my miracle is already here. 
Thank you, my friend. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Magnify Your Miracles podcast. I'm so grateful to be able to spend this time with you. If you want even more inspiration, feel free to visit my website, francisfaden.com or magnifyyourmiracles.com. And if you did enjoy this episode, I would really appreciate it if you left a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is that you connect with awesome podcasts. Remember, the key to magnifying your miracles is remembering that your miracle is already here.